This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. This is the Running Channel Podcast with me, Sarah Hartley, Rick Kelsey in the corner pushing buttons, although he won't be in a few weeks because he's swanning off somewhere, and Andy oh. Baddeley who keeps touching his head. <laughs> yes, I watched, I reviewed last week's video on YouTube of this podcast. And, and you love feeling your head. I was very self-conscious about how many yeah. times I touched my head. So clearly. this one is... So thanks, or, for, thanks for bringing that Yeah, up you're again. so welcome. This one is audio only, but the next time, or actually, you know, if you want a pastime, go back, have a watch of all the video oh. ones that we've done of these yeah. and get a little tally, maybe a, a fun drinking game. How many... Every that, time Andy touches his head. That's such a good idea head. for a drinking game. <laughs> oh, I've or done it again. Two. Just thinking about <laughs> it. No, no, no. it I can't again. help myself doing it. Oh, well, I, I had another thought on the intro, on the yeah. intro which is is that we got a lovely email this week oh, which yeah. was just which was just addressed to dear award-winning legends yeah Aww, and we've Aww. actually we've put the award just behind yeah. the head that you keep touching yes well that's what I i'm going to just gently <laughs> yeah. be reaching over towards, towards the award i'm report, really glad that you read award. that email not the one that said oh my gosh there's a lot of sexual tension in this podcast <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to work out who that's between. Not towards you, Rick. Not towards <laughs> you. Let's crack on. I think that's me and you, mate. Okay, let's get going. <laughs> The sexual tension. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad you're bringing this back. A little bit. You almost sounded hopeful there. Oh, no, Andy. No, not in a million no, years. I haven't had sexual tension in my life for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I think this stemmed from Rick having texted you after you'd coached him or, or paid him oh, to yeah, a PB. Oh, yeah, saying that was amazing. Yeah, you were amazing yeah. yesterday. You were amazing Rick. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so kiss. <laughs> oh my god do you remember when you did that a few years ago so rick used to be the oh. only person in my phone that i only texted yes. and apparently for you it was the same apart from, from your Chantal, wife and yeah. you once like was coming into a shoot i texted him and you were like thanks kiss <laughs> and then the first thing he said when he walked yes. in was like i'm so sorry would it have been worse if he texted you sent you a text with thanks kiss and then yeah. he's coming and gone i'm so sorry what? babe <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird that we used to text each other and not WhatsApp. Yeah, I don't know which yeah. one of us moved us over to WhatsApp. Just, but just I'm very glad we did. Yeah, organically. Just... <laughs> You're anyway, like, nice, nice to see you all. <laughs> nice to see you, mate. How's your week been, Rick? Uh, good, yeah. So, guess who was at my park run on Saturday? Um, Taylor Swift. Not Taylor Swift. Oh, she or was busy. Is it Travis Kelsey? Is it? Travis yeah, Kelsey? yeah, yeah. Well, they were, um, they were busy. Forty runs. Forty. <gasps> Yes. He's at yeah. my park run. How is he? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was so weird. Like there was all these people in his kind of garb at the, the, yeah, the start line. Yeah, a lot of merch. Yeah, and I was just like, it's what like is going orange, on at my small it? little park run? Oh, uh, oh no, that's Jogon, sorry. Yeah. yeah, we had 300 people there. I'm sorry. Oh, so, um, yeah, were... he was there. Uh, he's a nice guy. Um, we had a, had a little chat, but it was busy. He brought was his it? crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, he brought his crew. 
he brought his crew as well to the national running show and it was genuinely like yeah. a party on that stage I yeah, kept, yeah. What, yeah, yeah so good yeah I'm sure that's what it would be like if we, if we took our crew somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I am Should we try it? well-renowned for being the focus of every party. <laughs> the party animal. Yeah. Last one on the dance floor every time. Hey. Because Andy's probably put some music on that no one wants to listen hey, to. Hey, that's not true. Uh, when we had the Christmas party, you Usher, Usher. complimented me the on Christmas my Christmas party that we, we didn't invite Rick Usher. to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Awkward. yeah I he was away. Get, he was on holiday. The message no. I did, I didn't get <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't make it. Anyway, yeah, moving anyways, good run, though. It was good run. No. Uh, what did I do? 23.34. Nice. Yeah. Were you trying to go PB again? Yeah, but there's some brutal hills. So, right. yeah. I, I, I was poshing that way, but that was, didn't make it. <laughs> That was brave. Still incredible effort. How was your weekend, Andy? Good. Sam, my son, won his football eight seven. Oh, well great. Done. That was that's what I was, that was my most that's exciting. Great, bit that is is that, that's result. technically a flex because don't you coach him? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are the other dads? My team at the won. Oh, how are you, it's, how it's are you getting on with the other dads? It's all under control. Yeah. Been, it, there's a lot of politics. <laughs> that problem, dad, still kicking off. <laughs> 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 it's like payback. <laughs> Are the kids still bullying you? Yeah, that's that's the problem. There's so much politics in um, in in youth football. It's not even youth. They're like yeah, year two at school. Um, but it's I don't know. It's a minefield to get it right. And, 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 and Rick's just trying to stitch me up because every t- every time we do this podcast, he's in charge of the edit, and I try and drop him in it a million times for continuity and mess with him, and he always manages to cut me out. So. Yeah, running. Somehow. How's how's your running going? Yes. So I did. Um, it's like dancing on ice. I said this last is, week, and I'm touching my head again. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm touching my head again. Um, Why don't you hold your paper with that hand? Maybe yeah. both hands. I need to hold my. Have a pen in both hands. Yeah. This, I don't know what this is like to listen to. I'm so sorry if you want to run right now. <laughs> to this one's audio only. Yeah. So um, I did a couple of really good runs. So so Friday I did my shortest workout to date because I'm training for sort of this 5k or this one mile all out effort. That was such a flex. So I did. Friday I did my shortest run to date. Usually it's a 20 miler but Friday just well, for, it's the first time for I've a few k. Short, short intervals in ages. So I was doing 400s. Oh as in sorry shortest amount of rep. Shortest reps. Yeah. The yeah. rep length yeah, is like the shortest. Shortest and fastest. So Got it. I did two sets of seven 400s with 50 seconds recovery Ooh. and then a 200. So basically it's like seven, 400s, a 200, and then you repeat that. Was this the one where I saw on your Strava comments, your old coach, Andy Hobdell, popped in and was like, what happened on rep four? Yes. <laughs> I hate him so much. But that is, that is, uh, yeah, so that uh, was... everyone's burning question, what did happen on rep four? So I had chosen to do this on a stretch of road that I thought was flat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's not flat. Did, it, did it have the, um, what's it called? Oh, the camber. No, it camber. didn't have a camber. Did it get a bit hilly in rep four? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not hilly, but when you're trying to run sort of pretty much flat out. So I try yeah. to run these 400s at 72 seconds pace, which is, I don't know, four... Disgusting. Something. 448 my way. Um, oh. So that... Um, my God. And, and, and one direction was uphill and, and into the wind. I know. Awful. I just, oh, into what? the wind. Yeah. yeah. So then I abandoned where I was doing it. Any and, other and excuses you want to throw in? Was there a pigeon looking at you It was you very early in the morning. Early I hadn't in the morning, fueled yeah, properly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all of this sort of stuff oh, was I taking its toll. hear the violins yeah. somewhere. But I was supposed to do four runs last week. I only managed three. Um, I was talking about it last week, how hard I'm finding it to, to fit stuff in. Um, mm. And I was so tired on Saturday that I didn't run Saturday. Uh, but then Sunday I did a good 10 mile run, which was really nice. Oh. So um, I sort of yeah. balanced it balanced it out. And then we've got a run club tonight, which is very exciting. You, Sarah? I had a great week of running, thanks. Um, I, I had the kind of the opposite problem where I did manage to fit it all in. Sorry, not flexing. But... Yeah. Um, I took Friday off. We haven't got any other responsibilities, so. 
I don't, I don't <laughs> hey, feel. I don't, I'm not I, too impressed by you fitting in. What do you do in your spare time? I know, Rick. Like, yeah. where, where, where oh. you, know, well, you must, you must just have endless amounts of time. Do you want to? Do you want to know? So this is really sad. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen this whole saga over the weekend. So, my boyfriend was away this weekend, so I had a full weekend, and I did what I love to call a festa weekend, where you literally sit on the sofa. I moved once to do an S and C workout wants to do my interval session. A festa weekend. Yes, yeah, so you're, you're just festering, just festering on the sofa. Did you have a shower? Oh. Yeah, I showered both okay. days. Okay. So you weren't really festering. Did you? Really? No, I didn't on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I can tell when you're lying. Yeah. That's because of our chemistry. Go, go through, yeah. um, yes, that sexual tension. Yeah, oh my it God. Off again. So, oh, and went in. No, so for the rest of the weekend, I yeah. built a greenhouse. You haven't you haven't looked at my Instagram, have you? Is it a oh, little mini greenhouse? I tell you what, none of you both you're so unsocial media. No, yeah. so wait, hang on. It's because because we don't have time. Let yeah. me show. Yeah, I know. Because we're, we're busy is, not festering. This is why you don't have kids, guys. Look what I built. I'm showing Rick. You built a greenhouse. Yeah. Anyone, if you're just listening to this on audio, have a look on my Instagram. Is this in your in your? So flat? it's like a proper. It's only, it's only little. If you've. Yeah, but it's basically you've just done Lego. No, but so look at all the. I was doing Lego with the kids. No, no, no. So I like built all of that stuff. Do you see what I mean? So it's essentially, it is a greenhouse. You construct it and then you construct teeny tiny plants, teeny tiny watering cans, teeny tiny like spades. Did you and, do this on your own? Yeah, yeah. And it has taken a year and a half and it, it was becoming- It looks a, good. Hasn't that you. taken over yeah. your living room though? So no, it's left. like a tiny. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about, Lego. It's, it's like, like yeah, the yeah. size of, it's like 15 centimeters. Oh, wow. Squared. <laughs> <laughs> Maths. Take, take everyone listening. Take that with a pinch of salt. That could be anything between ten centimeters and fifty centimeters. Yeah, exactly. So it's now proudly sat on my shelf. But that is what I did do in my spare time. Oh, sounds like now, a good weekend. I can just free free to scroll TikTok. But yeah. I had a very good run. I did a five by a mile because I did my long run on Friday, yeah. um, which was very hard. But it was run at a comfortable pace. So five by a mile within a long run. No, no. So I did my long run twenty six k on Friday, and oh, then on Sunday okay. I did my interval session, which was five by a mile. Long run uh, on a Friday is a weird one, isn't it? I bet it is feels quite weird. strange. I quite, yeah. I quite enjoyed it because yeah. I just went into the weekend being like, oh, done it. I can fester. Yeah. Oh, so, lovely. There you go. <laughs> Not on that run, did you have a best stat that you used? Oh, to, this is a good segue. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, we this is always love Rick's segue. segue. <laughs> that is the topic of today's podcast. What's the best stat to use on a running watch during a run? Now, I thought this would get quite a good healthy debate because mm. loads of people have their watch set up differently, but I'm assuming Rick has you the, set it up. the factory settings of like the screen that you use on your watch. I'm going to yeah. get mine up. So, so this, the your bog standard screen that everyone uses will have timer at the top, distance on one side, pace on the other, and then probably heart rate. Is that like, what you what, use? While I'm running? Yeah. I don't know. Look at his face. He's got absolutely no idea. <laughs> he genuinely Did you do any preparation know. at all for this episode? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, so I, what I, I went through all the stats at? on my watch. Okay. What do you, okay, so what stats do you use? I have use? The, my current pace that I'm running at and the time yeah. and the distance. So overall yeah, time exactly and distance. What I said. And your heart rate or no? I have heart no, rate I don't on have mine. Heart rate. Yeah. No. So that's like well, quite often what you use, but... I have become the type of person that like flips between a few different screens when I'm on a run. On so a run, but that's just using after, energy, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. But so after doing that run with you, yeah. I now have the stamina screen up. Ah, see, this is interesting because that opened up my eyes. The stamina question number percentage yeah. is a bit... <laughs> Which of those wow. three? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit like you when you go in your... your What's your stamina walk? measured in, right? Percentages. Okay, just checking. Yes. So well, the way um, that we did health, it... Health. 60. I've got 60 health. <laughs> <laughs> you got the health of a 60-year-old. I don't... Is that what that means? 
I've no. never seen him look so upset. <laughs> I don't think I could have said anything in that moment there that would have pushed your buttons more. What does it Stop mean? What that means? What? I what? use caviar on my face. I can't possibly have the age of a 60 year old. <laughs> yeah, the, what you need to put caviar on the watch. <laughs> what? what is that? What is 60 what? 60 health. Health. I actually genuinely don't know. Yes. I think it's like a health snapshot. But anyway, that's not okay. a stat that you use on it. We'll do, if you want us to cover that, podcast at theroanchannel.com, email in. But stamina, so you get, if, oh. so when we did your challenge, yeah. we use stamina as part of a watch screen. So we made a custom one. There is also on a Garmin, there's a stamina screen, which gives you your overall stamina as well as your stamina potential. And then it does it like in a little bar. It can also measure it in time or distance so if you if you mm. set off at a certain pace on your run then it'll give you the bar and it'll say oh you could run if you just carried on like this then your watch thinks you can run 18k at this pace okay yeah. so yeah. stamina potential two hours yeah but, but so what's the difference both. between stamina yeah. and stamina potential well to start with they're the same and then basically if you went way too hard for a brief period of time then your actual real-time stamina will plummet away from to quickly lose stamina yeah. From that potential, that theoretical line, which you could follow at that pace okay. or, or at the pace you had been going at. But then if you backed off a little bit, so if you just went really hard for a minute, then your real-time stamina would dip away. Um, and then if you then just start jogging or walking, then it would creep back up towards that potential line because that's the potential that you still have at that moment in time. But then if you just kept hammering it instead of easing back off, then your stamina will disappear away to zero. And that's when you're like, you know, the closer it gets to zero, then the more exhausted you are. In theory, obviously that depends on how often you wear the watch and things like that. Right. So that's like, you know how you see people who hit the wall in a marathon. If they're hitting the wall at 30K, that's probably because they've gone off a little bit too hard. Their stamina has gone right down and they can't keep that pace up anymore. Mm. Whereas if they'd looked at the stamina at maybe like the 15, 20K mark and gone, okay, this is going down really quickly. I don't have enough to get me to the end of the marathon and backed off a little bit. They'd be able to go more conservatively towards the end of the race and like keep a constant pace rather than just hammering it and having to stop. So is it a good idea to have your stamina potential and your stamina at the same level? Yeah, ideally that's what you're, you're mm. working. That means you're not overcooking it too early. Uh, but it also depends on the type of race that you're doing and, and yeah, how well trained you are. And I think that, and, and yeah, how, how often you wear the watch. But bear in mind that you're, that, that could, could also play mind games with you like if you, if you do use something like stamina then if you set off in a marathon and you know you happen to have had a bad night's sleep and you've been wearing your watch um and you wake up in the morning and then you're on the start line and you switch to stamina screen and it starts on 80 percent, then then that's going to mess with your yeah. psychology yeah. so but equally, i think keep it simple if everything's gone really well and you start and you look down and it says 100 percent winning yeah it's like when you um just in a couple of days before the race and you look at your training status and if it says like peaking, you're like, yeah, I am. Yeah, happy. Or <laughs> Get if it says overreaching start, or like... maintaining or just, you know. Detraining. Yes. Oh. Yeah, no thanks. No. Um, my favourite stat's really boring. Yeah. In keeping, with, in keeping with my personality. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think lap pace is... Oh, is, you love a bit of I lap I do pace. love a bit of lap pace. I bang on about it all the time. So Rick's talking about his live pace on screen. Yeah. But live pace fluctuates quite wildly. And also depending on how you've got your watch set up, whether it's a Garmin or not, depending on the frequency at which it updates. So often watches will ship in, in like Garmin's will ship in smart mode, which is to save battery. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty accurate, but not the most accurate. And if you, Rick's, <laughs> Sorry, Rick's just, not talking because he's just love, scrolling through his I watch. <laughs> he's completely it's lost like it. It's like a baby seeing something oh, for yeah. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me something and I go, oh, that's interesting. So I'll try and find that and yeah. add that to my watch. <laughs> nice. Yeah, always, always learning, learning. mate. Um, <laughs> so the, the, but you can update it to say every once every second and then it will be as 
accurate as possible. Yeah. But if you're, you know, going up a hill and you're having to look at it just as you're like surging with pace or, or whatever, then then the live pace might have like fluctuated quite wildly. Mm-hmm. Whereas lap pace doesn't. It's predicting what pace you're going to complete that. If you've got auto lap set up for 1K, for example, and your lap pace will show you what pace you are going to run for that kilometer if you carry on. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't fluctuate very much at all. Within the first 30 seconds of a new lap, it, it will a little bit. But then once that, once you're past that, it will settle down. And then that means that if you keep going at what you're doing right now, you'll run that time for that lap. And I just think that's a way more um, intuitive way of looking at your pace whilst you're running than, than something that could wildly fluctuate based on whether you look at it now or five seconds from now. Yeah. Which is what the real time pace would do. I also like it. So I have a whole lap screen, which has lap time, distance and pace. Yes. So then it means that if you're on a track, and you're trying to run sometimes an interval session will yeah. be like run 90 seconds it just means that you can look at the timer as someone who's terrible at maths yes. and then as you're coming down know like whether you're pacing it especially if you're trying to pace like really even splits i find that quite useful yeah and i think have a mess about with it you'd be surprised that some people like it more cluttered because they want to see all of the data on one screen whereas often i quite like to see one or two things me too and so sometimes i just have clean, a dedicated as clean as possible yeah a dedicated heart rate screen i yeah. have set up as one of my data screens because i want to know particularly on a threshold run mm. I, I want to run i'm lucky that i know what exactly what my heart rate zones are so i can be more precise perhaps but i just want to see my heart rate because i don't want to be influenced by the fact that that's 10 or 20 or 30 seconds per kilometer slower or faster than i should be running or yeah. would like to be running because i'm running at my heart rate so i'm getting mm. the physiological training effect that i want and I'm not being influenced psychologically by the fact that I feel great today or I feel terrible today. You're just running at the right heart rate. That's What's good... your maximum heart rate now? One, nine, three, I think. What about you, Sarah? <sighs> I don't know. Someone that's loads of people. Are you one, eight, one? No, it's me. much higher. Is it? Oh, that's not oh. my max. That was my max on the oh, yeah. effort that you did. Because loads of people commented on the video that I did with you for your 5K PB saying like, how can Sarah talk at that heart rate? So I don't think people actually know how old I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> my max heart rate is like a- around like... 200 almost. Yeah, around 200. 200. We did a I'm only 25, guys. So did, oh, my, unlike, unlike these ancient... Hey, well, <laughs> Mine, what, yours is 190. 193, yeah. But then... I think mine's always been around about 184. But what does that say? Does it, is it, I, mean, I don't think you're pushing yourself enough. I think we need to get Rick in a... No, well, there's a lot. I mean, everyone's heart rate's wildly different. Wildly different, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, the 220 minus your age thing is is a a very like finger in the air indicator if you had absolutely nothing else to go I see, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, broadly irrelevant. I ran with someone when I was in my 20s who their max heart rate was probably like 170. And then they were 20 something. So like really, the, oh, wow. yeah. but, is that, but is that just the fitness was just excellent? No, it's just that how they were made, how, they're, just how they were built. Yeah. Their physiology, <laughs> yeah. like a little bit like how cadence, there's no one size fit all there's yeah. this idea of 180 as the average across like high performing people. Ah. But the, if, if you, even if yeah. you snapshotted 40 elites, then on average, they'd probably be about 180 yeah. running mm. at a 10 K, but there'll be a whole bunch of them that are like 200 and a whole bunch of them that are 160. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned cadence because I think there's, I, I know we were talking <laughs> about, segue. but I, I'm glad you mentioned it because my cadence has changed so much in the last couple of years. So my stride length is shorter and my cadence is longer. Yeah. But now the one stat that I sometimes look at on my phone after a race or a run is actually what my cadence has done at the beginning and the start. Because if you go in and have a look at your cadence, often at the beginning of a run, because everyone's so yeah. tightly packed together, then you'll be taking shorter steps yeah. so you don't stand on someone's heels right yeah. at the start. So your cadence might be up at somewhere like 220, but then actually shuffling, oh, along. shuffling along, but then it, it, it gets to something you know more standard of you know probably about 
161 or something. That's my... <laughs> Probably about. <laughs> approximately 161. Roughly in the ballpark region of What's your stride length? Um, it depends on how fast I'm running. Massively depends on how, that. So it's the... the I, I want to say it's between one and a half and two meters. Like if I'm running it's really... Massive. If I'm running really fast, it's two meters. It's but have you not of, seen? I always think like you're... What the pictures that we use in some of the thumbnails is yeah. like, literally like we photoshopped your legs, but that generally is how you run. Like your <laughs> feet are so far apart. So from far each apart. Other. What, what what's yours, Sarah? I don't know. Probably only like a meter to a meter and a half max. Yeah, I had some. I have, we've had comments on videos before. Like, there's no way that Andy's stride length is 1.8 meters. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't. I, come and measure it. <laughs> so the, 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 that's the, the weird thing and it doesn't look like I run like that because I do carry my legs really low so I don't lift my knees particularly high and when we do take thumbnail photos I do have to like really exaggerate my running style because <laughs> otherwise it looks like I'm just not not running well, properly well. exaggerating so if you exaggerate it you, you must be over two meters when you exaggerate oh, you're, you're flying possibly yeah just leap it like a gazelle that's how I imagine myself and then I see the oh, pictures and, and I go oh no let's stop massaging his ego yes. any other stats that we like using not a stat but just a, an interesting observation based similar to me um touching my head during these videos oh, yeah. mm. also i was reviewing oh, uh, going no this, this is about not, me no it's not about you it's about rick and Excellent. it's a compliment uh -oh. um <laughs> the professional broadcaster that you are you are very well spoken and um and and deliberate with the way that you talk and so at one point i was watching our videos through at one and a half times speed to mind make sure there's no mistakes and all that sort of stuff mm. and i'm almost incomprehensible at one and a half times speed because I speak quite quickly, naturally, I think. Maybe you guys make me a little bit nervous. Yeah. But then listening to you, Rick, at one <laughs> and a half times speed, you're completely intelligible and, and, and quite calm still because you, you, you speak more What did more that slowly. have to do with what we were talking about? Nothing at all. I just was giving me, I was listening no, right. to him telling about cadence and was Gosh, admiring this. So this is because this is the last was time we're all in a room together for yeah. three weeks. He's being nice. No, I was admiring uh, the cadence yeah. of no, his we'll talk. Cadence of, well, you know what? Right. Speech like, patterns. Occasionally, you're a lovely man. Not when you talk about vertical oscillation, but you're brilliant oh. most vertical of the time. Vertical what? Vertical what? That's definitely not vertical oscillation. <laughs> vertical what, mate? Yeah. <laughs> but no, Vert it is vertical, vertical os oscillation. Oscillation. Oh, oh, vertical oscillation. Yeah. Don't you dare edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, vertical One more time for the people in the back. Vertical oscillation. Which okay. is, remember we taught you about this a Yeah, few it's weeks when ago? You, you, you hold yourself up. It's how, how much you No, 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 don't oh. help him. Don't help him. Go on, it's, explain it's, what it is. It's how much you move. Uh -huh. your, your height moves as you go through the race. <laughs> height moves. <laughs> I yeah. started off the race 186 centimetres yeah, and I finished the it's race. How much your, it's how much two your body's and a half moving. Height-wise, isn't it? Up and down. We got there. What's putting me and Sarah off here is that what you're saying is right. But what you're doing with your body has no bearing on what you're talking about. So like, why are you pulling your forwards. hair yeah. and rocking back and forth? Yeah, so it's the amount that you're moving up and down. down. There you go. But there I don't go. think you need those. I don't necessarily think you need vertical those oscillation. Things. I think those types of stats, like cadence, vertical oscillation, they're great to look at, like in bulk post-run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like maybe if you want to look back on if over a whole training block, has that changed from like when you started yeah. to when you finished? But I, I think if you've got that kind of, I mean, it might be, it's an interesting stat to if you're bored on an easy run and you want to just have it up and see what it is and then maybe play around with a few paces, you could. Yeah. But I don't think it's something that you necessarily well, need it, up as a watch screen And, and even time. if you look at those traces of, of things like vertical oscillation, stride length, cadence, 
over the course of that whole run. It mm. fluctuates massively because of the way that it's measured. So yeah, don't get too fixed on like a live reading of that because I think that would be a bit like my, my talking about live pace. It will yeah. jump around a little bit. But I think lap pace and heart rate are my big two ones. And being able to see which of the five zones I'm in through the kind of colour coding on the watch, I find that useful. Yeah, I really think what we've learned here is that there are loads of different ones. So what are your favourite ones to use on a run? Let us know, podcast at therunningchannel.com. Are there any stats in your watch or on your phone that you look at post-run that you're not really too sure about that you want us to explain? Let us know. And I think really the thing is have a few screens, go between yeah. them. Different ones are going to be most useful for different runs. So enjoy it. Yeah, and don't be afraid to flick through them on runs. Like have two or three set up, cycle through them, see what you find useful. But yeah, make them as decluttered as possible. Mm. You're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, we've got a lot of new stories from the world of running to discuss. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at the Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Okay, so I'm going to go first with some sobering news, which has just happened at the point of recording this podcast on Monday, which is that Kelvin Kiptum has very sadly passed away in a road accident overnight. Um, so yeah, by the time you're listening to this podcast, there'll have been loads of stuff I'm sure written about this. So I guess we wanted to take a very quick opportunity to almost pay tribute and just talk about all the amazing things that he did manage to achieve in, in such a short period of time and I guess as well talk about his coach so he was driving yeah. in a car with his coach they both tragically passed away um, yeah. and there's another woman who's survived but has very serious injuries so I guess what's really sad is the fact that they've gone as a pair and I guess what they achieved as a pair is yeah. so incredible like there were rumors that he had been breaking the two-hour mark in, in training, training right yeah which is mind-boggling anyone who's training for a marathon right now to think about like doing the full distance at yeah. pb pace also I'm assuming in training that, also i'm assuming that would have been in kenya as well so it would have been at altitude yeah so that's even more mind-blowing and yes rotterdam marathon's right around the corner he was scheduled to run there and to try to run under two hours mm. um had his his actual his world record that is still the world record and, and may well be for a long time mm. two hours 35 two hours and 35 seconds in Chicago in 2023. That's only just been ratified maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. It takes a, a while for, for world records to get kind of officially ratified. I guess they measure the course and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and, and don't forget, I, I actually don't know his exact age, but was he 22, 23? Yeah, really young. So 24, yeah. 24, okay. Because yeah. he started at 22, that's right. Yeah. Well, what do you think's been his impact on the running world and how much he's changed it over the last couple of years. I think it's that like second wave excitement. Obviously Kipchoge paved the way by showing it was possible to go under two hours. And actually we were planning to do a whole podcast episode on what it actually takes to go under two hours around yeah. Rotterdam, because it was this thing that so many people were excited about. Yeah. You know, it's an Olympic year. There was such high hopes for someone to go under two hours for the first time in competition where it would have, the record would have held. Yeah, I think how he's changed it is that aside from Kipchoge, I just didn't see any, I didn't think anyone would ever do it. 
No. I didn't think that anyone would ever break two hours in competition. And I thought that if they did, it would be Kipchoge. But then I was thinking now he's, he's he is approaching 40. Mm. And, and it's going to be very, very hard for him to continue to operate at that level. So then seeing someone come through in their early 20s and run the fastest debut marathon in history in Valencia in 2022. Bear in mind that he only ran his first ever marathon whatever that is, 18, not even 18 months ago, probably 14 months ago, 15 months yeah. ago. Yeah. Then won London Marathon in a course record. record yeah. Then broke the world record at Chicago. So three marathons, three wins, three incredible times, the fastest second half of a marathon ever run in yeah. all of those, I think. Mm. Um, it just kind of moved moved the needle and, and 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 done it in a way where there was lots of chat with his coach on, on I don't know whether it's podcast or in an interview which we were reading, which was saying that he was actually a bit worried he was going to burn out because his coach couldn't slow him down from, from the amount of training he was doing. So yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's really sad. And obviously it's more important that we're talking about someone's life and them having sadly passed away than, than chasing times and so on. But they've, he's definitely inspired a lot of people, me included. Yeah. I think he leaves behind and his coach leaves behind an incredible legacy in the sport. And hopefully it's inspired other people to go out and go for goals that they might think are impossible, but become slightly more achievable so our condolences are with all of his friends family anyone affected by the news yeah really sad um and then we've got uh, a completely unrelated second news topic today one that's been talked about a lot on social media which is parkrun's changes to the way they're approaching things like course records yes so explain andy what has actually changed right so there's, there's lots of things at play here one is that that the changes that we as the public can see. Mm-hmm. Then there's the statements and the various kind of um, interviews that have been done by people from Parkrun to explain it. Yeah. And then there are people who think that there's something else which has kind of been the reason behind these changes. Mm-hmm. And no one's really agreeing on what those things are. So I guess talking through the facts, hopefully, Parkrun have removed things like course records from their website. So bear in mind, this has always been called a free weekly timed run Uh, we talk about it on the podcast a lot it's started in the uk there's loads of them around europe they have spread to the us a little bit um and you can show up every saturday wherever you are and and run a 5k for free and it's timed and then you get your results i held the world record for a while not an official world record 11 years don't play down mate hey (laughs) um and i was quite proud of that thing even though i knew it wasn't an official thing but your name was on the bottom of uh, yeah on the the footer of every web for 11 years yeah on the footer of every web page on Parkrun's website there was this overall course record for me and then there was also a female um Parkrun record and, and they've see, all gone and you could say yeah so they've been removed yeah. um as have lists on various individual events where there used to be I think an under uh, sub 17 minute list for men and a sub 20 minute list for women at various Parkrun so you could see if you made it onto that list and then similarly there were also like age grade rankings mm-hmm. so they're still timed events so you still get your results in the same way you still get a token yeah, so it's, it's, it's still exactly the same. Still it's, get an email. It's it's more that the aspirational element of it, I guess. Yeah. In terms of making it onto those lists or achieving those goals or knowing what the course record is on an individual course, yeah. which I would actually, if I was going to a new park run, I would look at that to know like, oh, that, yeah, that like must be how? a hard one. Because yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you stand? Because what's the record on that? I'd say yeah. for the the user experience for the most for most runners yeah. will be very similar. Mm. So. We did it the weekend and you still get your email. You still get your age ranking, yeah, age percentage. Yeah, your uh, age graded score. Or age graded yeah. score, yeah. Yeah, your times, you see how you fit in with other people. And so there's you, still the results page. Of yeah, the you, see, you still see what, yeah. where you finished and where other people finished. It just hasn't got any of the records. 
basically. Yeah. And so Parkrun are saying that this is something that's been in the works for several years um, and that they're always worried about putting people off who haven't come to Parkrun before who might see things like course records or rankings lists mm. and worry that's not for them because they're worried about coming last. That's the big thing that, that Parkrun are saying. But then there is an, another group of people as well. And I don't know where, where the facts lie, by the way. So I, I just know that what different people have said. The transgender issue. Yes. So there has been some stuff in the press and some stuff online about the fact that several women's course records at Parkrun events were held by transgender women. So... And, and the, there was a, a debate about whether that's fair, about what should be done about it, mm. if anything, and about the fact that Parkrun, to my knowledge, and this is the bit I'm a bit fuzzy on, allows people to self-identify. They're not policing, um, yeah, they do. Pe policing yeah. people's gender and making you prove anything. And so then the, there is a, a kind of discussion about that being the catalyst for this and that rather than potentially address the, that issue. That issue that the Parkrun have just removed all kind of um, records based on, you know, gender and performance and so on. Which kind of would work from both arguments in some yeah, ways for, yeah. for Parkrun. Yeah, so, so I, the, the, I don't know what the truth is. It's definitely controversial. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of noise if you read any. So we, so we did something on our Instagram where we, I just said, this has happened. What do you think? And, you know, very clear that people have really polarized views on this. Um but interestingly, having seen some Vox Pop stuff on like a Sky News piece on it, where people just, I think Sky went to a local park run and said, what do you think? Generally, people didn't seem to care quite as much in real life as people care online. And that, that's like, I suppose, you know, we, we live in a YouTube oh, world. So that's true. People are so much more reality, prepared to it? say yeah. stuff online that you would never, what? never even dream of saying to our, like we get emails or comments all yeah, the time. Yeah, we get stuff that's not very nice. But, but, also, but also, yeah, it can then seem if you see 10 or 100 or, or a thousand comments that say a certain thing online, you think that that's everybody's view. But then if there's hundreds of thousands of people kind of carrying on as, as normal, I, I don't know. But we, we could not mention the news because it has been a big thing. I, I yeah. held the record and I don't yeah. know how I'd have felt if I still held the record and now I wouldn't be on the footer. I don't think it's the, yeah. the biggest thing in the world for me personally. But there are definitely a lot of people who feel really proud or a sense of achievement about having made it onto certain ranking lists or, or achieved a certain mm. milestone yeah. time. So I think as well, for a lot of people, Parkrun is obviously this whole big thing that's across the UK and some of the other parts of the world. But actually like if everyone holds their home park run, or like some people will hold that closest to them, if mm. that makes sense. So, yeah. and the the like vibe or the atmosphere that you get at one park run might be completely different to another. So I guess one report and like Vox Pop from one park run isn't going to tell the story of like yeah, what might be at another exactly. one, no but then, yeah. and, and that- you're right. And it's good for Andy as well because his record lives on forever and nobody else gets to <laughs> Yeah, was it, it. secretly so, a coup great. from Andy? Win, he was win. like, I'm oh. not fast enough to get yeah. the record back. Yeah, let's just get them taken down. <laughs> yeah. Forget all the controversial stuff. Have this it. is just Andy, you know, working the screws. <laughs> yeah, if I can't have it, nobody else can have it. Any road. <laughs> Email time. This is what me and Rick have to put up with every week, guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, so now we're on to the best bit. Hey, what? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't even paying attention. Time. Right. For questions, but actually on that, email him, podcast at theroanchannel.com. What do you think? Rick, questions. He was waving his arms Frantically so waving. We've got one question today. Okay, this is Flip from Utrecht in the Netherlands. And he says his name is pronounced just like the English word flip. It's a shortened version of Philip. Hi. That's such a good shortened version. It is great, yeah. isn't it? With doing any exercise, my philosophy has always been uh, to have a rest day after a day of working out. And since the start of the year... 
I'm on one of the Garmin Coach 10K training plans running four days a week, and it's been going well so far. Do you guys have any tips for increasing the frequency of running a week? He's considering moving up to five times a week and has no idea how to work in the rest days. Now, for some background, Flip is 24. He's been running for 10 years on and off, but more seriously in the last year or so. Currently, he's training to run a sub 60 minute 10 kilometers and is planning to go on a half marathon training plan over the summer. So the, the, the blunt of this is, can you train every day without a rest day in between? Because he's kind of managing to get that rest, rest day at the moment. Yeah, he's but at, at he's the at, moment, at, he's thinking about going up so it wouldn't allow it. Yeah, from mm. four to five days a week. I'm not the best person to talk about actually fitting in because that's what I keep moaning about not being able to do. <laughs> but that's more children related than anything else. So I think that uh, one of the questions we didn't read out there because it is a long email was that, is it a good or a bad idea to have two of the five runs on the same day, morning and evening, for example? I would say no. I think that if you haven't done a double run day before, yeah. then that that is quite an extra toll on your body. Oh and it's something that takes a bit yeah. of getting used to. And it's often once people go from five to say six or seven days a week, then they might still want to have a full rest day. So if they're running seven times a week, then that's when I'd say that's that's when you start putting a double day in. Yeah. Um, with five, you've still got plenty of scope for rest days. Um, and, and the reality is you're not going to be able to have a full day off between each of these, but it's just scheduling them in a sensible cadence of stuff. So if you've got a long Sunday run, for example, then the next run that you should do needs to be a recovery run. You shouldn't go like back to back with yeah, like long, long Sunday run straight into an interval session, even if it, even if you have got a day off in between. I would say like trying to, to have, making sure that the, if you would normally have a recovery day where you're not running at all, yeah. make that day the day that you do an easy run on. And that's when you really need to listen to your body and not worry about paces or heart rates or any of that. Just, so you, just run whatever pace so you, feels you, nice. So your advice, and Sarah, you probably say the same, is still to have that rest day. Well, yeah, definitely you, still get have... two, right? If he's running five times a week. Yeah. But yeah, consider like what, which runs you're doing yeah. and then try to do them in an order that works for you. Also, I would say for what you're targeting, if you're, you know, starting to build up mileage going towards a half marathon, Rather than adding in a fifth running day, how much S and C are you doing? I'm just reading through back through what he sent over, and not, actually, not much. if I would say that fifth day, try doing some body weight exercises or try doing something that is strength and conditioning because that's going to help supplement your running. That's something that you could potentially as well if you wanted to do an easy run followed by S and C. Yep. Then you're still getting three days off and doing four runs a week but you've also got that strength and conditioning in and especially as you start you know if you want to work on speed or if you want to work on endurance strength and conditioning is so so yeah. important so maybe consider that single as well. leg presses all yeah the way. and i think that five <laughs> five runs a week the split there is most likely to be a long run yeah two mm -hmm. workouts that are faster mm -hmm. one's likely intervals and then want to be some kind of threshold or, or tempo and then yeah. two easier runs that's what i would be recommending um I think that would be a pretty standard split. And then those two easy runs are going to be the really important ones. Um, and that's, you could interchange. You could do one week where you run five times, one week where you run four times and throw in that strength and conditioning session. And then maybe, maybe you could build up to the fact you're running five times and you've got a strength and conditioning session on one of those easier days. Could mm. do some cross training as well with one of those yeah. easy runs, but swimming, yeah. but cycling. Keep your heart rate up. Yeah. yeah. If you are on the leg presses, by the way, I had a chat with my physio at the weekend. Good for running it's really important that you can press your own weight on your single leg when you in a set. So say you weigh 85 kilo, kilograms, you should be trying to work up 
to pushing 85 kilograms on a single oh, That's going to be hard for a lot of people. I it's going to be very hard. <laughs> also really like just a, a kind of disclaimer almost is that the weight that you can leg press is massively dependent on the machine in which you're leg pressing it. And Some the of them are angle, oriented in different angle. angles. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, uh, the, the way that like the ratio of the load you know, you might have a pin that you stick in 85 kilograms. That's yeah. going to feel radically different in different machines. But you've got to build it up. It took, oh, that, yeah. it, that, that, yeah. that took me a year to build up. Yes, yeah, so to build up. And then also remember there's various safety bars that you can you can flick them in so it doesn't allow the, the, the leg, leg press itself to come all the yeah, way yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And then never overextend at the knee. So you shouldn't... Because, Always keep a little bit of bend in it. Yeah, because oh. otherwise your knee, if you've yeah. seen any horrific gym videos of, of leg presses, yeah. that's, that's the risk. Hey, there, so. Sarah, come to my gym. Check out me doing 85 kg leg presses. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, that's, was, that was, was that supposed to make me feel things? I'll tell you, I tell you now, we, I feel we, absolutely nothing. Oh. Well, we, I was Actually, that's say, a lie. I feel awful. Yeah, it didn't make me feel great either. Really? Do you not ever think with stuff like that, not that, the leg press stuff, like... Who, what, just, what, who invented that? Well, it's, a, I think it's amazing. But I, like, really, imagine, I enjoy it now. But imagine if like an alien landed or you spoke to someone from like 200 years ago and they go, what do you do in your spare time? Well, I walk into this room and I go and lie down and then I get loads of weights and I see if I can push them away with my legs. I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 But if you went back 10 years ago, very few runners, everyday runners, were doing S&C. Whereas now we know how important it is. Yeah, that is Rick Kelsey Mainly reporting because it's your personal mission. It is, yeah, yeah. strength and anyway, conditioning. Anyway, Sarah, have you got a favour to ask? I have got a favour to ask. Mm. Next week, I've got a very exciting favour to ask. But this week, I just want a plea for a few more questions, please. Are there any kind of debates that you want us to settle? I'm always looking oh, for yeah. a little second question that idea. I can throw into this, which is like, yeah. what do you guys prefer after a run? Water or a cup of tea? Yeah. Random questions like that. A bagel. Send them in. A bagel, actually. Really? A bagel. Hydration. After a run. Hydration. <laughs> <laughs> Blend it up, yeah. slurp it I'm down. A, I'm, 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 and on that bagel, note, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.